0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to
1: Brew It or Screw It for Episode 1. We are a Magic the Gathering Commander podcast. I'm your host, Cody, alongside my good friend, Lass. Hey, how's it going? Laz, how you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How about you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Excited to be here for Episode 1.
2: Me too, me too. A little nervous, but should be good.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're always nervous, you know? Yeah,
2: so far, two for two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hey, this is Episode 1. Uh, we did an in episode zero. If you have not listened to that, it's okay. Go back and listen to it after this. Um, so Brew Screw a commander deck building show where once a month, one of us brings a deck and the other one brings some ideas to improve it. We talk about like why we built it, what we want to do with it, and at the end, we ask the question, should we say brew it or screw it?
2: yeah (laughs) that's pretty much it uh this should be a good episode this is this is kind of uh our first our first attempt at doing the the point of this show this is kind of going to be what dictates kind of how the the series goes how the show goes and and kind of show us if this format works of uh one of us bringing a deck and the other person critiquing it and this is kind of uh it's a, a very good episode to start on. Episode 1 is a good place to start, I think, too. So
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people would say that. <laughs> um, if you did listen to Episode 0, we talked about a format for the show where, you know, every month we would bring up a deck, and at the end of the year, we would sit down and pick a deck and brew it. After some thinking, we kind of thought about it, and some friends weighed in, and they were like, that doesn't really make sense, because, like, what if you build a deck and you really love it, you don't want to wait a year to build it uh so we're going to change up the format of the show i know it's episode one but we're changing things already uh so now if we really love a a deck and we decide to brew it at the end we have the option of brewing it and then we're going to do an update episode down the line once we have built it and play tested it to give you guys an update give you guys you know did we up we added more cards did we take out some cards things like that uh and we think that'll be really fun and more podcasts for you guys to listen to Always a good time.
2: And I don't know if you do the same thing, Cody, but whenever I make a, a new deck, I have a little I have a little notepad in the front there and I write the, the deck what it is and you damn right I write down every time it wins. And so <laughs> if it's got any special notes of how it won or if it won in a, a fun combo or something, I write that down. So um you know, when when we do if we do end up making a deck that we discuss on this show, you know, that that'll definitely be in the update as well. How much it's won. More likely, how much it's lost, why it lost, <laughs> what uh, what it struggled against, and and whatnot. So, um, it'll be fun to have those little filler episodes if we do build a deck that you know we discuss on the show. That just because we end up liking it so much.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think it'll it'll be able for us to sit down and be like, well, hey, you know, when we recorded the episode, the deck sounded great, but then once I got in my hands and played with it, I was like, this is just not what I want to play. not another kind of deck style I like. And so I think it'll be really good to keep the listeners updated on everything we do with it. Yeah. But, uh, oh. so yeah, that's an update of the format we're going to do. Um, thank you guys so much for everyone who's supported us so far, uh, on episode zero and on Twitter and all that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Brew or screw it. And as always, we're a new podcast. So any follow like subscribe, you can give us helps get the show out there to people. Absolutely. And so thank you. If you did that already, uh, Les, how's your week been?
2: Week's been good. It's been uh it's been a good week. We had a Destiny just came out with new expansion, so been playing that a yeah. bit. Uh we got some Magic in this week as well. I think we played the other night, played uh, what i played Grismold. And I think I played my rats deck was the uh yes. Was the other deck I played. I don't think I won either of those matches, but <laughs> I think they were very competitive matches. I remember I was definitely in it till the end, but yeah, you know, just other people know how to play the game better. <laughs> better luck. Yeah, I played uh,
1: <laughs> Mono Black Artifacts, which I won that game, and then I played Minsk and Boo, and I came close to winning that game. I just it could. It was a very hard fought game. Yeah, for lots of back and forth.
2: Yeah, that was a uh,
1: lots of weird deals being made about dinosaurs hitting people, but you know, too many
2: politics, too many politics, too many politics. and uh, I think. I think I could have, I don't know if I could have won. I definitely could have beat you, but my my math was a little bit off. I think I targeted one of your creatures instead of just, you know, going all in. It's scary sometimes to just turn everything yeah. sideways and try to take someone out. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, I had bit me in the ass for not think, doing it.
1: I think I texted you and our friend Nick a few days later being like, I'm pretty sure I could have won that game. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but I'm pretty sure I could have. You know, it's always fun to look back on games you played and how you played, and could you have done better? And so that's always fun.
2: Yeah, like I said, I I keep a little note. You know, if uh, if I screwed something up or if I forgot or maybe I didn't realize an interaction that could have helped me in the in the situation, I'll I'll definitely make a note of that. So hopefully, I don't you know make the same stupid mistake two times in a row because that would be embarrassing. (laughs)
1: Um but yeah, how about you? So, how was your
2: week? I know you uh I think you even took off of work to play Destiny.
1: <laughs> I, I did. Um I'm luckily at a job now where I have a lot of PTO so I can take time off when I want to. Um and so I was like, "You know what? I'm, I don't usually take off for video game releases, but I'm going to do it this time." <laughs> um I think last year I was sick for Destiny's big release, but this time I was like, "I'm going to take a day off." Um and I I needed it. Uh I work in a warehouse and Last week and this week was just like, we were starting to get summer weather down here in Louisiana, and it's just miserable when you work in a warehouse that has no air circulation at times.
2: I would like to raise and you one complaint of working in a warehouse when it's 27 degrees outside, because that's my I situation. Pref-
1: <laughs> I would prefer that every day for the rest of my life. Oof.
2: It was 27 here last week, this past week. It was oh my was freezing up here.
1: Yeah um but yeah good i you mean know, we got the games in um i've been playing a lot of destiny today i played a ton of destiny uh we tried out the wayfinders beta well um,
2: you can't talk about that you know you're gonna get us the demonetized oh, shit. you know ndas shit, you're
1: right We're, we cannot talk about that uh, i did not play that what are you talking about i've never even heard of um, it
2: i think that's a website yeah. that sells furniture <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah a good, a good week you know um been looking forward to this all week and so
0: yeah
2: I've been nervous cuz uh it was I I was up first so I built a deck, I brewed it, I put it all on Moxfield and it was very very hard to not go through and make tweaks throughout the week. Mm. You know, cuz I kept you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, "You know what? Maybe I don't need this. Maybe I, I didn't want to touch it too much though because you know, when I when I hand you a, a perfected deck, you know, and you look at it and you say, "There's, there's nothing I can do. It's already, it's already as good as it can be." Then we don't have a show. So you know, I left a, left a couple of duds in there. You know, a couple of, oh, yeah, couple of rough drafts. You know, threw a couple of cards in there that don't match the color identity. See if you know. <laughs> oh, duds. see if I notice. See yeah, it. see if Why you this
1: Random mono red card.
2: In here. It's strange, real strange. You have lightning bolt in there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was very hard to not to not tweak it and i'm very curious if some of the changes that that popped up in in my head made it to your your notes there i want to see if there's if you kind of had the same thoughts or who knows maybe you decide to take some you know cards in a different direction so very curious to see
1: yeah all right well hey les without further ado introduce the deck
2: let's talk about the deck well the deck starts with a good name you need to have a good name if you're going to have a good it deck, does. that's, I learned that from you, Cody. You, yes. Before <laughs> say, who'd you learn that from? From you. Before that I had, you know, the grismal deck or the Kalya deck, but you know, now I'm like, if I, if I'm going to be doing this, if I'm going to be putting these, these deck lists up on the, a mox uh, which by the way, use Moxfield for all your deck building needs. See if we can it's get that subscription, perfect. you know, that, that free, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> promotion. Stop. Um, so I put it up on there, but the deck of the month is called Hotline Swing in Drakes. Um, the commander is Alondra Sky Dreamer. It's a mono blue legendary merfolk wizard. Um, so it's a very fun command. I guess I'll just read the text. My big complaint about trying to do a magic. Podcast was uh, I don't want to just be sitting here reading cards off, but for the commander, I I think it's worth it. It's a two, it's a two colorless and two blue. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a two two blue Drake creature token with flying. Whenever you draw your fifth card each turn, Alondra Skydreamer and Drakes you control each get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Um. So it's mono blue, card draw, a little bit of tribal in there, if you could uh kinda yeah, yeah. little a little bit of of Drake tribal. So um it just it seemed like a good deck and, and that's kind of what I brewed for the month. So I'm not sure if we should do the breakdown now or if you wanna
1: so talk. How, talk. how did you find this commander? Because when you sent me this, I was like, Oh my god. Drawing your fifth card every turn? That sounds miserable. There's no way it's gonna happen. But after you showed me the deck, I was like, oh, he can make this happen. Okay.
2: All right. Well, uh, the reason I did it is because I I'm sure I mentioned it in the last episode too, is uh blue is by far my least played color. I'm just not a fan of blue. I hate counter spells, even though even though my friend tries to explain, he's like, it's the same as just, yeah, you know, swordsing someone's creature if you just counter it instead. It's not if it hurts it feels different <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't really play blue it just it's not really my uh my play style uh i tend to play very very aggressively i uh i i like to get first blood i like to you know get my creatures out there i i like to tap out more than i really should and uh this deck kind of goes against all of that um this this deck is very patient, which I, I, I'm very curious to try. Uh, I have a, a hard time in a lot of my decks with card draw. I I seem to always always be down to one or two cards in hand, and that also just has to do with a lot of the the color. You know, I, I pretty much put white as a uh, the staple in all my decks. I, I love I love white, but card draw does not does not have all that much. So. Um, I saw this commander cause I was, I was looking, I'm like, let me, let me play a mono blue, mono blue commander. And I was going through my cards and came across this one. I'm like, all right. So we have lots of card draw. Uh, we're going to have to keep a lot of mana open, which like I said, is something I'm not used to. So I, I just really wanted to really want to try it. And, uh, I, I, once I started brewing it and looking up cards, I was like this, this seems like it might be really fun actually. And uh, more importantly, it looks like I'll have quick turns because <laughs> I need to keep so much mana up. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I brewed this deck.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at it and like playtesting it a little bit, like it, it's a really cool deck, and it does feel like you know you can pretty consistently get at least you know a two-two Drake out each turn, and there's those one or two turns where you get that fifth card draw, and out of nowhere, you're getting. Plus seven, plus seven on
2: two creatures, and
1: I could see this this deck doing really good.
2: I'm I'm hoping so. You know, it let's put it this way. It doesn't seem like the type of deck that I would play. So this seems like the deck that someone else would play, and uh, <laughs> why not me? You know, I figured maybe this will awaken something in me. But uh,
1: you're just gonna become the mono blue guy. Mono
2: this, blue so. guy, and I I really enjoy playing mono decks sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because you can kind of sneak some kind of like devotion type stuff in there. You know, cards that mm-hmm. that care about either devotion or care about um, basic land types. And and I was able to put some of those in here because it's, it's kind of synergy that you wouldn't think about. You know, a, a deck that focuses around card draw and making drakes, and then all of a sudden you have cards in hand that deal damage based upon how many islands you have and you know, stuff like that. So you're able to kind of sneak in some of those those little side the side wing cons or those those side cards um based off your devotion. So that was another reason I decided to kinda of go mono blue. Figure if I'm gonna do it, just dive head first and that'll kinda of give me some more options to uh to get some other types of cards in the deck list.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's Everything you put into it, I, I'm really proud of. Uh, I think you'd you build a really good deck here. So when we get later into cards, I suggest, I, you know, just know that I think this is a really good deck.
2: I'm gonna take offense um. to every suggestion you make. <laughs> I'm warning um, you ahead of time. Um,
1: all right. I mean, what can I say?
2: <laughs> but uh, for for the people that you know are kind of just listening to this and don't have the the card right in front of them, uh, the the goal for the deck is actually very simple and you kind of were talking about it a little bit it's to try to draw at least two cards every turn every turn that you draw your second card you make that drake um and the thing about the drake it's great it's a it's a 2-2 so it's you know it's it's got a a little little toughness on there a little strength on there and it's flying as well so um it's good for swinging in if someone doesn't have flyers or if someone doesn't have reach and it's also good for Being able to chump block some of these larger, you know, dragons or angels or demons that that people might be trying to to come at you with, you'll be able to have chump blocks kind of worst case scenario. Uh, Yeah, which is really good because
1: in our play group, like many people play dragons. So being able to block those is going to be important for you.
2: Yeah, it really is. And uh, so it's uh, very simple. Just try to get two two, uh, two draws each turn. So because of that, lots of instants in this deck. Uh lots of instants and lots of leaving mana up. Um, also something about this deck that's much different from my normal play style is there's not a lot of creatures in this deck. I like to play usually very creature heavy decks, and yeah. and this is not really that. So I really have to rely on that card draw to build up my board state because I think was it ten or eleven creatures or something. It's a uh, it's really nice not 15 creatures 15 creatures okay your uh, until your cuts you know I mean my cuts would that so it's uh i it's going to be relying on that card draw a lot and then once I feel I have enough drakes or if I feel a board wipes coming or if someone's quickly becoming the threat I you have enough cards or a couple of the creatures that you do have allow you to just you know draw X amount of cards X making it five or more and all your creatures get get huge based on how many cards you have in hand so there's a lot of cards in here that make it so i have no maximum hand size so i'm hoping if everything goes well with this deck that i'll be playing with a, a full grip of like 30 cards in hand and you <laughs> know be yeah and just being able to to wheel out and give everything plus 30 plus 30 on my flying little uh, drakes here and cause some some devastation yeah. it's the plan. I mean, I mean,
1: it's a good, solid plan, I, I think you can get it get it done. So, um, so I took the liberty of breaking down the deck. Um, you probably watched like deck building videos or po- listened to podcasts before, where they like, break down like the lands, the ramp, the card advantage. So I, I took the liberty of doing that. Um, so looking at it, this deck consists of thirty five lands, eight pieces of ramp. 38 cards that'll let you draw cards or give you no maximum hand
2: size. It relies on it heavily, I said.
1: Heavily. 38 pieces is good. (laughs) Eight pieces of removal, two board wipes.
2: I kept the board wipes low because Mm -hmm. I am trying to keep my drakes out there as much as possible. And I'm kind of hoping that any major threats I'll be able to handle with my army of drakes. Uh, Because they're flying too, that handles any flying threats that there might be. And sometimes if things kind of get out of hand, I'll I'll be able to to wipe the board hopefully. And I'll have have like 30 cards in hand. Chances are I'll have at least one of them. That's kind of my thinking.
1: And luckily, you're in mono blue. You have access to a lot of counter spells. So if someone else tries to board wipe you, you're pretty safe. And so Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, last, why don't we go over some of your favorite cards that you put in the deck? Um, I know, I know you said you picked out about one of each.
2: Yeah. So, I, what um, I did is I I went through and I just picked out one of each card type that is kind of uh, a a card that I'm really hoping I draw into, or a card that I'm kind of hoping will either win me the game or definitely establish my uh my presence on the on the battlefield there. So. The first card that I'm starting with is uh I'm gonna kill this name because I never played D D. Is it more than more than kind more than Yeah, he's the one that you Dungeons and Dragons, he can uh make yeah. a little house that you can sleep in, whatever. Yeah. So he's a Planeswalker. Um and he is from what's that was he from? That's AFR. Forgotten Realms? Been, yeah, Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Planeswalker His plus two, draw two cards, put a card from your hand onto the bottom of your library. That'll be good if you just want to get a Drake out there because you're drawing two cards. Um, What I really like is his minus two ability, which is create a blue dog illusion creature token with this creature's power toughness are equal to twice the number of cards in your hand. So like I said, the goal for this is to get a lot of cards in your hand. So even if you have 10 cards in hand and you do this now you're making a 2020 you know dog illusion creature token um it doesn't have flying it doesn't have trample so that's not ideal but you know it's it's going to be something big and something to either chump block or swing in and deal some serious damage and the good thing is too he comes in with five loyalty counters and that's a negative two so even if you do that and then someone kills it you can do it one more time um you know in plus two if you want to to get your drakes as well, I'm hoping to kind of not use them for the getting drakes, but if you have to, he's, he's there to do it. Um, I think a fun thing to do as I, as I name my pet cards is to immediately kick it over to you and say, did it, did it make the cut? Is it, is it staying in the deck or you don't have to go into detail. You just got to say, is it staying in or no? I cut it. Son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, next, okay. next card um, for creatures. I actually picked. I know I said I was gonna do one of each, but I actually picked two cards because uh, I, I just they both kind of do the same thing, and I I kind of really like it. Uh, the first being Body of Knowledge, which is an avatar creature. Its power toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. Uh, You also have no maximum hand size. And whenever this creature is dealt damage, you draw that many cards. Hoping to have a lot of cards in hand. This could be a big creature. It gives me no maximum hand size. And if he ever attacks and gets blocked or even if he's blocking something else, I'm going to be drawing a ton of cards. Um, The other card was Psychosis Crawler, which is from Jumpstart 22, the new Jumpstart. And it's power toughness equal number of cards in your hand whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life, so that also kind of be good for creating a big creature and then also, if you get this out there early enough, you're gonna really be hurting all your opponents when you're when you're drawing yeah. all these cards,
1: yeah, that's really strong yeah both these cards are really good i I like them both they 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 made they made
2: they made it all right they made it Ooh. they made it all right, so I'm only a little mad still all right. So. <laughs> uh sorcery i picked spectral deluge um so me where the heck did that card go oh that's instance that's why i can't find it spectral uh, deluge uh it's return each creature your opponents control with toughness x or less to its owner's hand where x is the number of islands you control uh you can also foretell it for Two and then you just have to pay what, one and a blue and a blue during your turn and you'd be able to cast that. I think that's great because since it's a, a mono blue deck, I have 35 islands in here. Uh You're, you're going to be able to kind of return a lot of creatures. It's a very one-sided board wipe. Unless people have something incredibly massive, uh you should be able to bounce back a lot of creatures that are going to be, you know, 10... Fifteen power toughness, you know, back to their hands, or uh yeah, toughness back to their hands because you're pretty much only going to have islands. So that that was the sorcery that that I picked as a as a card, and I, I don't know how uh, that one
1: didn't make. Come point. on, uh,
2: all right, we'll
1: go we'll go over it. Hey, I got got explanations for everything.
2: Okay, you're gonna say put cyclonic rift in there or something? Nope. <laughs> all right. Let's on to the next card that Cody cut probably. I have Flow of Knowledge um for my instant. So, Flow of Knowledge is right there. Draw a card for each island you control, then discard two cards. It's a 5-cost instant. This is from the new Brothers War set. Uh I think that's great for a 5-cost. Like I said, there's 35 islands in this deck. Even if you you know, spend your five mana to to cast this. You're still drawing five cards, discarding two. That's enough right there to get all your drakes, you know, to, to be huge and also just more cards in hand to deal with any threats or, you know, draw more cards for your next turn. So this is uh, an instant I think kind of really helps, uh, really helps the deck.
1: It, it made my cut. Um, Perfect. I think, yeah, it's a very good card.
2: Okay. All right. We're doing good so far. Artifact. I feel like we're going back and forth, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just want, uh, you know. Hey, I'm, I'm curious to see now because, uh, like I said, some of these cards I really like, so I'm curious to see uh, how what you changed. Uh, artifact. I have the Magic Mirror. This is a, a fun card here. It's expensive. It's six and three blues, but it costs one less for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard, which hopefully you can get, you know, pretty cheap because you have what I say, 22 instants and six sorceries in here. So I'm hoping by the time you get this or want to play this that you should hopefully have enough. And what yeah. it does, you have no maximum hand size. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a knowledge counter on the magic mirror, then you draw a card for each knowledge counter on the magic mirror. So if you have this out here for a couple of turns, you're just, you're just drawing more and more cards. You draw one card, then two, then three, then four, until someone gets rid of it, so... The whole time it's out there, you have no max hand size. And unless it's uh, addressed with, you know, you're just going to keep on drawing cards. And then if you get crazy lucky or everyone else gets unlucky and, you know, you can't get rid of it before you've had it for five turns, then pretty much every upkeep, you're drawing five cards, making all your drakes enormous and and swinging in, doing some damage, hopefully. So I put that in there and... It did not make the cut. Ooh, all right. Ouch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually kind of. Maybe we should have gone over this first. We that we were debating if we were going to, on the air, discuss uh, cuts and and all that, or if we wanted to be surprised. And uh, we decided on on being surprised. And I am quite surprised. But like I said, I tried my hardest not to tinker with this deck. So uh, I. am I know there's improvements in there and I'm really looking forward to see what you uh what you got. Let's see. So two more. Uh enchantment. I have Kindred Discovery. It is uh it's let's see, as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. It's gonna be Drakes. And whenever a creature you control the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. Hopefully you're gonna be getting a Drake each turn. Each time you do, you're gonna be drawing another card. And then whenever they attack or if you attack with multiples of them, then you're going to be drawing lots of cards. So I, I thought this was a, a neat little enchantment. And
1: it does make a cut. Ooh. I also think you have plenty of wizards in the deck that you could also, if you know, just seeing how your game plan is going, like how your cards look in hand, I think you could go wizards here as well because you do have plenty of wizards.
2: Okay. Oh, maybe. so. Well, that's, that's good. We'll we'll get into that more. And the last, last thing I picked is a land. Uh, I didn't want to say Reliquary Tower. That is in the deck, but you know every, every deck should have a Reliquary Tower in it regardless. Um, but the card I picked for a land is Riptide Laboratory, which just tap for a colorless, or you can also tap it for a one and a blue return target wizard you control to your hand. Uh, I thought that was kind of a good good land to have in there because it protects your commander because your commander is a wizard so you just pay two tap this bring it to your hand if there's a board wipe or a targeted removal or any of the other wizard creatures uh that you have in here and good thing about it you don't have to sacrifice it sometimes there's cards land cards you know tap sack and return target creature this is just pay one in a blue tap it and you can return a wizard to your hand so i uh i just thought that was a, a neat little Land card that kind of has a little synergy with the deck just simply because there's so many wizards in it, even though it's a Drake yeah. deck. And yeah, uh, it's a, yeah. a very good card, and and that's that's my uh, that's my deck. So rate my deck.
1: I think it's a very good deck. I have a couple I wanted to call out as really good. Uh, Constant Created Sphinx is you know just a very good card in general. I think it's especially good in this deck because technically. On each opponent's upkeep, you're making a drake each turn. Yeah. Because you're drawing two cards. And so that's a great way to, to fill your board out. Um, so that's a really good card to have. Um, Windfall is a card that I just saw the other day. I forget who played it, but I, think I love that card so much Alan because it. it helped me out a ton. It's a nice little politic card kind of because you can be like well hey is your hand looking too bad here you go
2: well i uh i also think it's great in this deck too because you can kind of use it as a uh you know kind of to hurt people too because say i have 20 cards in hand and you know nothing in there is terribly necessary or i already have a a pretty good handle on the game i can make myself the you know I, i can discard that and now everyone has to draw 20 cards and if other people don't have, you know, unlimited hand sizes or whatever, then they're going to be discarding a lot of the stuff, and they're going to have to make some some tough choices there. So, it's uh most people don't like drawing twenty cards. I love it. I do it every <laughs> chance I get. I like to, you know, even if I know I'm going to have to discard thirteen of them, I'll do it. But I know other people are not as big of a fan of that. So, it kind of, uh, I figure you can use it offensively or kind of you know, like you said, politics. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And last card I'll shout out is Wizard Class. I love the class um, cards that they came out with in Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun, and Wizard Class fits this theme very well for your deck. So, good job, Les. I think it was a really great deck.
2: Wizard Class, real quick, Uh, you have no max hand size. Upgrade it, you draw two cards, and when you upgrade it the last time, whenever you draw a card, put a 1-1 counter on target creature you control so if this is it's it costs one it's a one blue cost spell this uh get that out there early enough and get it to level three every time you're drawing these cards you're you're pumping something up huge even if it's your commander to try swinging swing in for commander damage or you know any of these other cards in here so yeah I, I thought that i liked that card in there i don't use those class cards as much as i probably should they're fun.
1: I like them a lot. I sadly just took out Bard Class from Miskimbu because it just didn't really fit anymore. Mm. So, but yeah. So, those are Laz and I's favorite cards from the deck. Uh, Laz, we're going to start soft. I'm going to pitch you the cards I think you should add to the deck. Okay. All right. Um. So, one thing when we were going over the stats, a thing I noticed was your ramp is kind of low. Shocker. At eight pieces. But you are in mono blue, so it's kind of tougher, so you kind of gotta look out there. Um, so I got two creatures that I think would help out a ton. Uh, one is Burnished Heart, uh, three colorless mana. It's a 2-2 artifact creature. You pay three to sack it, and you search your library for two basic lands, and you put them on the battlefield tap, and then you shuffle. Kind of just, you know, simple, get a couple lands. Your basic for ramp. creature. Yeah. Yeah, basic ramp creature. Same with Solemn Simulacrum. It enters, you find a basic land, but it also draws you cards, card, so it synergizes a little bit with what
2: you're trying to do. You want the sad robot in there. All right.
1: The sad robot. Sad robot. (laughs) Um, And then I have two artifacts that are considered ramp. Okay. Very simple. Sky Diamond, two mana. It enters the battlefield tapped. Mm -hmm. Tap it for a blue. Just another mana rock. And the other one is going to be Midnight Clock, which I love this card. It's two colorless and a blue for an artifact. You tap it to add blue, or you can pay two colorless and a blue to put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. And it reads, at the beginning of each upkeep, put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. When the twelfth hour counter is put on Midnight Clock, you shuffle your hand and graveyard into your library, and then draw seven cards, and you exile Midnight Clock. Okay, so that's a ramp I'm bringing you. Yeah, what are your thoughts.
2: That's uh that's good. Yeah, burnished heart, solemn so, Simul, so- sad robot. He is a sad robot. <laughs> uh, no, good additions. Mana rocks as well. Like I even mentioned last week, I have a I have a hard time, and mm. we could discuss that later. Of uh, my my deck's not really having enough ramp or enough mana because I hate I hate cutting cool shit to put in, you know, sky diamonds or, or something like that. But if it's what the deck needs. And, um, I like those, you know, those additions as far as midnight clock. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a, a real cool artifact to put in there. I'm, I'm looking at it. Now put an hour counter on midnight clock, 12 ones put on there, shuffle your hand graveyard, draw seven cards. That's, that's great for getting back a lot of your instants and your sorceries, you know, uh, cause there's not a lot of recursion in the deck so it's uh it's kind of a good way to get a lot of those those draw spells back into your hand and also you draw seven cards you're uh you're pumping up your drakes and and kind of making everything big so i i definitely like that i do think if we're gonna keep you know midnight clock keep magic mirror i don't know i feel like they got a little synergy there with uh the, the hour counters and uh, yeah, the yeah, whatnot yeah, sure but uh, oh <laughs> i like that we'll talk about that we'll talk about oh, okay that. okay um
1: but yeah, those are the pieces I was looking at just to you know help you, help out with the ramp. because um, you know, you are doing mono blue and so it's just it's tougher to get ramp out there and we want to try to do that as much as we can to make sure that you'll be able to play some of these bigger cards. I mean consecrators being six mana,
2: things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very very expensive cards in the in the deck unfortunately. But hopefully, you know, got so much cards in hand and card draw that you'll never have to be wanting for mana. So, yeah. But yeah, more ramp and, uh, you know, kind of burnished heart and, and stuff like that. That definitely wouldn't hurt to get a little extra card draw, a little extra land draw in there. So, no, I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: next, so I also got some creatures here because you, as you said, it's a little light on creatures because you're making creatures instead. But mm-hmm. I did have a couple that I really found would, like, synergize really well. Uh, one of such is. Chasm Skulker, it's two colors and a blue for a squid horror creature. Uh, whenever you draw a card, you put a plus one plus one counter on Chasm Skulker. And when Chasm Skulker dies, you create X, one one a blue squid creature tokens with Island Walk, where X is the number of one one counters on a Chasm Skulker. I think that just works really well with your, if you can get this out early, and then you're just, you know, windfalling, drawing lots of cards, this thing gets really big and then it dies, and you're still left with a board presence, because now you have all these one ones that that can block if someone's running blue, they get the hit for free. It's a really good card.
2: Yeah, it's only, it's 2 and a blue, so uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen this card before, but 2 and a blue, that's, uh, that's really not not bad. You get this out early, like you said, you're drawing 2 cards, so every, every turn, he's hopefully getting 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on him, and you should be able to to make a bunch of little blockers or even just annoying little guys. Island walk if, if someone else is running blue. So that's that's a nice card. That definitely that gets added. <laughs> okay.
1: Thanks. See? See? Not so bad. Not well, so no, that's all right. Uh next up, I love these this um cycle of cards so much. It's uh I'm gonna recommend Defiler of Dreams. These Defiler cards I think are really good because you can choose to pay life instead of mana. Uh, so defiler of dreams is three colorless two blue for a phyrexian sphinx it has flying as an additional cost to cast blue permanent spells you can pay two life those spells cost blue less to cast if you paid life this way this effect this effect reduces only the amount of blue mana you pay then whenever you cast a blue permanent spell you draw a card so you got your card draw but also A little bit of ramp because you're you can pay life instead of paying the cost of stuff.
2: Okay, yeah, that's uh. Sorry, I'm I'm reading it too as you're, as you're reading these out, I'm I'm reading them too, and yeah, yeah, kind of. I think
1: I just think it helps you, you know. I mean, it's five mana, but it can help you start to draw more cards. It can help you pay for stuff that you have in hand if you're you know. If you're looking at some big car, uh, mana value cards in hand, I think it just would help you out a lot. It's flying, so it gets a lot, over a lot of creatures. Just kind of there, you know?
2: And yeah, it'll kind of help. Put the uh, cast a blue permanent spell, draw a card. Yeah, that's uh, I like that too. And it's another Sphinx. Look at that. It's Sphinx Drake right. Tribal. Sphinx Drake Wizard Tribal.
1: There you go. You got all the tribal you want. Who knew? Uh, all right. Next up. This might be my favorite one that I found. Okay. This is Jasis Archivist. This is one colorless, two blue, for a Vidalcan wizard creature. And it reads, Pay a blue and tap. Each player discards his or her hand and then draws cards equal to the greatest number of cards a player's discarded this way. (laughs) So this is just windfall on a body. And I think that rules because... You know, you can have a blocker, and just before it dies to damage, you can pay the blue, tap it, and everyone has to change their hands. You get a bunch more drakes out if your commander's on the field. Just a really decent card. And if, you know, people leave it up for a couple turns, you're just filling up the board with drakes because you can technically do this on everybody's
2: turn. Just piss everybody off by making them discard their hand every single time. I mean, hey, I'm oh, trying to win. Hey, I like this too. Also, just because, uh, like I said, if you have a lot of the cards in hand, and then you do this, you're you're forcing people to, you know, go through and and you know, have to cut a lot of cards of what they're gonna keep. If someone has to draw 15 cards or something, and they have to keep seven, they're you know, they have to dump some of these and go make some hard cuts. I like forcing hard decisions onto people and. And that's that's a hard decision. That's why I like, I hate cyclonic rifts so much because it bounces everything back to your hand, and it's like, you don't know what, you know, you you got you can only keep seven things, and you might have had a lot of artifacts, enchantments, your creatures, and a lot of stuff out there, and it kind of forces a uh, tough decision. So yeah, cards like this, Jace's archivist and windfall, kind of uh, definitely play into that. So I like it, and he's a wizard too. I can use that that special land to. To save them, there if someone go. tries to target them, I could, yeah. I could tap them, use them, bounce them back to my hand, and then put them right back out there. So, that's uh, I, I like that. It's very nice. All
1: right. Next up. We talked when we were building this deck about alternate win cons and how you do not like Bastos Oracle, and so I think I found the next best thing. This is Laboratory Maniac. He's a two-colorless, one blue for a human wizard creature. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. This is pretty much just, hey, game's going long. I'm getting real low on my cards. Let me slap this down, drop a windfall, draw the rest of my deck. Oh, I'm drawing eight. I only have six cards in my deck. I win the game. I think this is just a nice kind of alternate win con that it might happen. It might not.
2: Yeah. Hey, and it's it's cheap enough. It's a three cost two two, and it's a wizard. You can protect it. You know, if someone if it's exactly. out there and someone sees you your deck in a little bit low, that's kind of a a nice option too. So, yeah, I I don't really like the Thess's Oracle combo just because I don't know. I'm not a big fan of what is it like the two card combo? You know, two cards to to win a game. Pretty much, it yeah. it feels a little a little cheap i think i I only run one two card combo in any of my decks and that's what's it exquisite blood and sanguine bond uh Mm -hmm. you know whenever whenever you gain life target opponent loses life whenever someone loses life you gain that much life and just infinite loop and i the only reason i play it now is because i spent all that money buying those cards (laughs) so (laughs) i'm not putting them in a box but was, that was when I was new to magic and I was like two card combo that's awesome and it's just not a very feels good type of thing for me at least. Um so no this this is kind of good to kind of slap it down and hey if it happens it happens. Uh so that's that's definitely a, a fun card in there. So yeah, I like it. I like it Cody. I'm liking nice. this nice.
1: thank you, thank you. My last creature I'm just gonna recommend we add is Mole Drifter. Which is four colorless and a blue for a creature elemental that has flying. When Moldrat enters the battlefield, you can draw two cards. It also has evoke for two colorless and a blue. You may cast a spell for its evoke cost. If you do, it's sacrificed when it enters the battlefield. Just a kinda easy way, three mana, get two cards. Um, it's it's one of the like kind of the creatures I was kinda iffy on, but it is drawing you two cards. So technically you're netting two cards in hand and another Drake. It also could be used for a cheap little way to get you to five cards. If you've already drawn three that turn, that's kind of where I was at with it. I've seen you play before, I believe in animar. So that's kind of where I was coming at. I,
2: it. I literally just had to check my deck list because I feel like an idiot that this wasn't in there. So, okay. Hey, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's why I do this. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great card. That's, enters you draw two cards or you can even just evoke it for three and like you said if you're already you know if you've already drawn two or three cards um that turn there like three or four cards and then you just kind of get this out there draw two more and that just pushes you right over the edge to be able to swing in with everything so yeah that uh i i feel silly for not having that in there i have <laughs> I, I have to add that right away i even have the uh the fun art that they did for i forget what charity it was where they had that kids draw the different oh, arts. Oh, uh, Extra Life. Yeah, the yeah, Extra yeah. Life there. So I even have the, the fun one too. So well, by all means, yeah, it's going in there.
1: Really. All right. Uh, okay, so that was all the creatures I wanted to add. I got two sorceries I want to show you. Um, first one is going to be called Inundate. It is three colorless, three blue for a sorcery. And It just says return all non-blue creatures to their owner's hands um I guess you could consider this like a cyclonic rift but it really just benefits you
2: yeah it's just um, a bounce it's just a, a nice just a
1: bounce yeah it just bounces everything uh if someone tries to counter it you're already in blue so you can counter their counter spell just kind of uh it's a, this is a, one of the replacements I had for one of the board wipes um we talked about and I think it's a good one I mean it's, it's six mana uh so it is kind of costly but Hopefully we can, by the time we're at six mana in the game, you can play it and it gets some benefit.
2: Okay. Hey, more board wipes. Uh, I so what What board wipe was this kind of replay? Oh, the Spectral Deluge? Is that the one? Spectral
1: that- Deluge, yes. Just because... Uh, uh, let's wait till we get to the cuts. Okay, I'll okay. Oh, right, I, right. I didn't like Spectral Deluge, but yeah. <laughs> uh, my other sorcery is actually a Sorcery Andy Land. It's a MDFC. Okay. It is uh, Seagate Restoration. So on the sorcery side, it's a four mana, four four colorless mana, three blue mana for a sorcery that reads, draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. That is a ton of card draw if you've got a full grip. Mm-hmm. And then you're set for the rest of the game about having... Not have to worry about your no maximum hand size. It is seven mana, so it is a little costly. Yeah, which I like that the fact that you can turn it over, and it's a land, and so if it, you get it early and you just like I can't I, like I need the land, you can flip it over for the land. It enters tapped, unfortunately, unless you pay three life. But I like these MDFCs because either can get the cool benefit or you can get the land out of it.
2: Yeah, and I, I saw that card and. You know, i I did like it, but like you said, it is it is fairly costly. And I know I had a lot of cards in there that uh, that also provided the no maximum hand size buff. But that's uh, no, that that's definitely worth revisiting if if that's going in the deck too. I, like I said, I I kind of I was very tempted to go back and tinker uh with the deck yeah. as we went on, and and some of the cards that you, that you did mention actually we're on there uh was it laboratory maniac and the seagate restoration are definitely two cards that i i really wanted to go in there and add but like i said i, I kind of want to to leave some some room for improvement too just because i i make i make a tight deck Cody. you know you have to admit so i deck. i wanted to make sure there's some cards and some room for improvement there's always room for improvement i'm just joking around i'm bad at building decks but uh no that, that's that's a good card and that's that's definitely something i'll probably be adding you know adding to this because like you said that's just insane insane card draw and then it's practically an emblem you know no more no more uh hand size for the rest of the game so it'd be silly not to not to put that in there
1: yeah for sure um and I have one instant that I would recommend. Uh, I, this is probably like one of my favorite cards in the game. Uh, it's super cheap. I mean, it does give the person you play it against some benefit, but I think it's just one of the best counter spells in the game. It's an offer you can't refuse, which is one blue mana for an instant that reads, counter target non-creature spell. Its controller creates two treasure tokens. I like this because if you know someone has a board wipe coming when you just set up or you know someone has a card that you got to get rid of, you only have to hold open one mana for this. Yes, you are giving them some treasure tokens, but I would say two treasure tokens is completely worth countering, uh, you know, uh, Cyclonic Farewell, Rift, Exile. Cyclonic <laughs> Rift, um, all the big creature cards like Ur-Dragon, like, for one mana, you're countering well, it's that? It's non-creature. That's well, non non-creature. creatures you're right, sorry. So, you know, this big mana spell is that someone's, like, been saving up mana to play, finally. You get to counter it, and it's one mana, so it's really easy to get off.
2: Yeah, I would say. One mana counter spell, so... Hey, definitely. Definitely. Keeps keeps everything safe, and, of course, you know, countering a non-creature spell for two treasure tokens, that's... that's uh, If that protects your whole board then that's a, a trade you make every day and uh I, I like that it's on the list i have all, all right. these cards now i have to add hey, what am i how am i going to add <laughs> these cards i'm already at 100 uh,
1: if only someone was going to suggest some cuts
2: all right let's let's hear let's oh, see you hey, break my three heart three with some cards. of these i
1: got three more cards to recommend oh
2: three more cards all right all right
1: I went, I went 15 recommendations in 10 cuts you know I felt like that was a nice trade-off because like what if you what if some of these cards you didn't like that I suggested things ah, like smart
2: that. smart I like that
1: um I got two artifacts I want to throw at you real quick we got library of Lang one colorless mana for an artifact that reads you have no maximum hand size if an effect causes you to discard a card you may discard it but you can put it on the top of your library instead of into your graveyard. So, my thought process behind this card is, A, you get the no maximum hand size for one mana out early. Uh, you benefit from your Jasis Archivist, your Windfall. Also, we have a friend in our playgroup who plays a Nekusar who likes to wheel, counters the wheels. Um, I just think it's a decent card. It's one mana, and it gives you a bunch of benefits. Uh, say, you know, you... Windfall, but there's something in your hand that you want to keep. You put it back on top, and you're set.
2: Okay, I have never seen this card before in my life. What is this fifth edition? It looks like I'm looking it up now.
1: It's a it's a it's a rather old card. Yeah,
2: um, all these white borders. Okay, it's just hmm. I like so it. Yeah, I like it. We'll all see right. about that one. See about that one.
1: Next up, I got a another D D card. You know me, I love these cards. It's a robe of the Arch Magi. It's two colorless and a blue for an artifact equipment. Whenever a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, you draw that many cards. It is a equip 4, but it also reads, Equip Shaman, Warlock, or Wizard 1.
2: That's great. Wizards. That's great, wow. yeah. Like, I didn't realize I had so many Wizards. I, you know, I know I had that, that one land card in there. That was mostly to protect my commander, but... Yeah, after going through and seeing that I do have a couple of wizards in here, and it's another card that I've never, I've never know I, I don't pay attention to blue. I really just don't. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. some people might be like, "Of course, our robe of the arch My- magi," but that's a uh, that's great. And there's a couple of cards on here that pump up your creatures every time you draw a card, so you get something big. So, yeah. You get a five cost. You know, a uh, you know creature with five toughness or power you swing in you equip it for one draw five cards that, that's good that's a good addition that one is definitely going in there and it's cheap 25 yep. cents <laughs> i, I uh, probably even have this card i have to go look it's probably in a probably box so. somewhere
1: yeah, I, I have pulled a couple of these cards so yeah <laughs> um my last card i'm gonna recommend is i'm a big fan of removal that is really hard to get rid of and that usually comes in the form of enchantments one of my favorite cards is kenner's transformation it's an enchantment aura that enchants a creature for permanent and makes it into a 3-3 elk and this is really good for like when someone has a certain commander that you don't like a lot that you really just want to get rid of like a a jota unifier or that new thalia the gayrog monster and so i bring you the blue edition Imprisoned in the moon, this is two colorless and a blue for an enchantment aura. You may enchant creature, land, or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent is a colorless land with tap to add a colorless, and it loses all other card types and abilities. It's a little mean, That but is
2: rough. That is very rough. strong. It turns into... Ooh, a land. God. It's a land, so someone can't even get rid of it unless... Yeah, because we don't... Yeah. Unless they have land destruction in their deck, right? Better enchantment removal. Yeah. Enchantment
1: removal is hard to come by these days, so. I like that. Yeah. I, it's very strong.
2: I had bought this card for another deck and then uh, never built it. So I know I have this card somewhere, too, which is just fantastic as well. But yeah, that's a. Uh, I like that. I like
1: that. It's, it's, it's really strong. It's I like that. very it. like strong. One, you know? And that's
2: going to piss somebody off, and that. Makes it even sweeter, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I've given you 15 cards. I think you should add to the deck. I think we gotta sit down and talk about some cuts because you got too
2: many cards, you know. This gonna be hard. This is gonna be hard. I'm gonna get defensive. I warned you ahead of time. So let's
1: let's let's knock it out from the from the top. I suggest that we cut Mordenkainen and. It's a fairy Temporal Pilgrim. 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 Pilgrim.
2: Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. Pilgrim. Here's my reasoning. Okay, let's hear it.
1: I am not a fan of high-costed Planeswalkers. I think six mana and five mana is a little much. They do get some benefits right away, I'll admit, with Mordenkainen. I'm, I'm a little bit more on board with more than kinder than I am Teferi. Yeah. um, Because it does come in with five loyalty, and you can minus two it twice, or you can plus two it. You know, I think that's a good one. But I'm just not a big fan of these, like, high-costed Planeswalkers that, like, don't immediately either get rid of the board or make you win the game kind of things, you know?
2: Yeah, and uh, what the big draw for the, the Teferi Temporal Pil- Pilgrim was... Um, It's just got a static ability on there whenever you draw a card put a loyalty counter on uh, Temporal pilgrim so it comes in with four loyalty It's plus zero is you get to draw a card the uh, Minus two it's garbage, but then its ultimate is Minus 12 target opponent chooses a permanent they control and returns it to their hand Then they shuffle each non land permanent they control into their library. So uh, minus 12 is a lot for uh, you know, an ultimate. But if you're drawing so many cards, because whenever you draw a card, so you have one of those wheels where you're drawing seven cards, that's seven counters that that's going on them. But no, I I do agree, cause that's a that's a lot to get up to that negative 12, and then it's target opponent. It's one it's one person that might be a little too situational. So I I definitely agree with that cut the the more than more than kind in that was gonna be hard i liked that card a lot so
1: i mean it's a after you know. talked about it i realized like, hey, it is a good card um i just as someone who runs a planeswalker as their commander i just i recognize how easy it is for planeswalkers to get taken out now granted you are running a deck that makes a lot of tokens so you probably would have a good number of blockers for it um to get to that minus 10 if you really wanted to I, and I will say the minus two to make the blue dog illusion that's power and toughness is equal to two times the number of cards in your hand. You are going to have a very full grip. Most of this game. I, I do think that's a good strong one. So it is kind of, after you've explained your reasoning, it is kind of one I'd say maybe consider keeping it.
2: Okay. All right. Good. Wait, you know, and I liked what you did too. With the, uh, here are 15 cards to add and here are 10 cuts. So I, you know, I don't have to make all the cuts or, Make all the uh all the additions here, so that, that's definitely Yeah that one's on the fence, but Teferi, yeah, I, I agree with that. That that card needs to uh needs to go. What else Let's you got? See. What else you got?
1: I got two instants that I think we should cut. Okay. Alright, first up is disallow. This is one colourless, two blue for an instant, counter target spell, activated bigger ability or triggered ability. The reason I, I threw out an offer you can't refuse is just because it's a cheaper counter spell. I get this one does activated or triggered abilities.
2: Yeah, that was mostly but it's it.
1: three mana. You got to leave three mana open. It's kind of that situation where I was like, mm, let me get him a better counter.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was just thinking this uh, this kind of definitely helps with with any activated abilities of, you know, Gishith. Uh, attacking and Mm. drawing all those cards or an Aetherflux Reservoir or something like that, where uh, being able to counter an activated ability or a triggered ability, I think is, is very helpful just because it's not something that a lot of people are expecting to, you know, most people are expecting, all right, Urdragon's coming in, it's got haste, he's swinging in and I'm playing. It's like, nope, that that's not happening. And being able to play something like this. So, um, yeah, I, I, do think i'll probably add uh an offer you can't refuse disallow i don't know we'll see i'll have to see what other cuts you recommend to see if this one uh gets cut too just because i I do like the activated ability or triggered ability counter i think what's the other it's one other card that does and the name is escaping me right now but uh i I run that in a couple decks too and i haven't gotten to use it as much as i would like to which isn't really helping my case right now (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> it's going to uh, happen one day, and it's going to be awesome.
1: The other instant I suggested cutting was another counterspell. It's Wizards Retort. One colorless, two blue. This spell costs one less to cast you control a wizard. Counter target spell. Another one where I was kind of like, I mean, you are running a lot of wizards, and so this is pretty much just a counterspell with a different name. And so like, I could see why that's good. I just went and looked. I think in total currently you're running three to four counterspells. Uh, because you are running Soul Read, which is three colors and a blue for choose one counter target spell, unless it c- controller plays four, or you can draw two cards. So that's that's a card draw counter spell right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just I think while blue is good at countering, maybe too many counter spells is not the way. <laughs> Don't I was, become what you hate, lads.
2: I know, but I'm just I'm so scared of losing all my drakes, and so that's fair. Yeah, you know, that's that's why uh you know, I, I had a couple of these of these counter spells. I was trying to kinda of load up on counter spells. But yeah, I might have too many. How many did you say I had? Four counter spells?
1: I think four total. If you added an offer you can't refuse, that'd be five. So that's why I was kinda I picked two I picked the two counter spells that I most was like, I don't really enjoy these. Mm-hmm. And I gave you one back in return.
2: Okay. Hey, I like it. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh
1: Let's see what else I got here. I got so let's talk about the the board wipe cut um spectral deluge hmm Here's my issues with it. I think the issue being is so you can foretell it for cheaper, right mm-hmm, but it's a sorcery. Can you foretell cards at instant speed though
2: uh no it has to be. As a sorcery. So, you, so, be during so you're my still turn.
1: waiting for this to come to your turn. So if someone put drops a bunch of hasty creatures, you're kind of screwed. Now, granted, the one I gave you, Inundate, also a sorcery. So I don't know. It's kinda, kind
2: of... Kind of on the fence there. Which do you there. feel better about? Yeah. Do you want to return
1: with extra or less equal to your islands? Or you just want to get rid of all non-blue?
2: Probably non-blue. I I guess non-blue because uh yeah yeah I I guess that makes sense just because if you don't have you know enough uh enough islands too or say you only for whatever case you only have six or seven islands and someone does have a an ur dragon or a Gishith or something out there then I guess not ur dragon you would count it as blue but uh you know some of those bigger creatures you're probably not going to be able to return those so this would be good for special deluge would be good for bouncing back a lot of smaller creatures but i guess hopefully i have enough you know two two drakes that i can chump block with so that returning smaller creatures shouldn't really be as much of a threat i think taking care of all these big blue creatures would probably be better so no I, i like it i like it uh
1: I did cut one land, but my thought process was I'm giving you Seagate Restoration instead. How
2: dare you? You just yelled at me for not having nearly enough lands in these other... I did.
1: Hey, I gave you the land back. Okay. I'm going to suggest we cut Remote Isle because it enters the battlefield tap to Mm -hmm. add a blue, and I see where you were going with the cycling thing. Right. Here's my thing. I think cycling is a bad mechanic. (laughs) Paying two mana to discard it and draw a card... Kind of feels bad.
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm hoping this is going to be one of those I have more lands than I know what to do with, and then I draw this. It's like, all right, discard it, draw a card. That'll be my second card for the turn. There's my uh, there's my Drake, and also you get another card in hand. So, yeah, if you if this is your opening hand or one of the first lands that you're gonna to have to play, then yeah, that's a that's a feels bad card, you know. But yeah. Uh, entering tap.
1: Yeah, you never want you. You'd rather an island come down. You could tap it to add, play wizard class, play one of your one cross spells, things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's that was just the land I was gonna suggest uh, cutting. All right, all right. Um, I got two enchantments. Okay, first up, this one might be heresy to some people. Mm-hmm. This comes from a place of I know you as a player, Laz, because I've been playing with you for the past six months. Mystic Remora, yeah. I don't feel like you would enjoy paying a cumulative upkeep that keeps going up and up. And at most, I'm thinking you get three to four cards off this. Now for one mana, that's good, but I think you are, you're gonna want to keep. You want to play a card a turn, don't you? You don't want to constantly be having to pay the one, pay the two, pay the three. Okay, let's this card die. <laughs>
2: You know what I'm saying? I think that happened with one of our friends once. He's like, "Can someone please kill this mystic remorse?" <laughs> yeah. Me? So, all I right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's you know. that's I agree with that. And cumula- cumulative upkeep is definitely something I've never had to deal with before and uh it doesn't seem fun. It's it's a great effect on the card, um but I I think it's probably an effect that I can recreate elsewhere in the deck and this is kind of really only a good card if you get it early in the game. Otherwise it's yeah. it's not really uh, you know, paying four mana to counter effect. Later on in the game, people will probably have four mana to counter some of these effects. If it's a card that, you know, they're really counting on, they'll they'll probably leave up some mana for it. So all right, I, I agree with that cut. I agree with that.
1: Mother Enchantment.
2: hmm Thought reflection. Four colors
1: three blue for an enchantment that says, if you would draw a card, you draw two cards instead. I think it's just too much mana to to have an effect that comes too late into the game. Because I mean, at best, if you're ramping, you get this out like turn six. At turn six, the game's really going, and so you want to have already started making drakes. You you want to start wheeling like you know. You want to start getting a lot of cards in hand. And I think seven mana is just too much to get to, to pay for this effect.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I agree. I I agree. I my thought was it's kind of like consecrated sphinx, you know, sphinx. but yeah. just for me. But yeah, it's seven mana. Uh, I I agree with that. That could probably be cut. It's not as good as some of the cards that you suggested. So. Yeah, that one might have to mosey on out of there. And Mystic Remora. I I agree with both those cuts.
0: All
1: right. I got one creature for you, mainly because it's just a weird card. Mm Mm-hmm. Trawler Drake from the new Phyrexia uh, set. Yeah. Two colors and a blue for Phyrexian Drake with flying. Trawler Drake enters the battlefield with an oil counter on it. It gets plus one, plus one for each of those oil counters. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you can put an oil counter on Trawler Drake.
2: I uh this is one of those cards that I was gonna cut throughout the week and I was like, okay. I gotta leave it in there. <laughs> uh, it, it's a Drake. Your commander says all you know, all Drakes. It's not just the Drakes that you make. So I was like, all right, so this is gonna get even bigger. My thinking is because I have so many instants and sorceries in this deck that, you know, I'll get plus one, plus one each time and then they'll be even bigger once you know i wheel or something like that but yeah that uh that's definitely wasting a spot i i don't think that's nearly as good as as some of the cards you suggested i think i'd rather have um a mole drifter or even laboratory maniac or something that can kind of help me win win a, a and little bit and i bit definitely better. think
1: there is you know room for to add like a drake i just don't think this that's is the drake. the drake i would add mm-hmm. i would find a, a better one um but I saw. I see where your thought process was. That's uh, that's a good backup
2: plan. But yeah, all right. Yeah, that know. that's cut. It's in the garbage. All right.
1: All right. Throwing it
2: away right now. This last one, uh-huh.
1: I think it's up there with Morning for me, where I'm kind of like, I see where you're coming from with it. I get why it could work. It's the Magic Mirror. Okay. The one we talked about, six colors, mm-hmm. three blue. It gets cheaper for instant sorceries. You have no maximum hand size. You put a counter on it at each upkeep. You draw cards equal to the amount of counters. I So the reason I went with midnight clock over this is because midnight clock can at least give you mana. Okay. But I think I can also agree with you on the fact that you can get this out pretty cheaply because uh, you're going to pay lots of inserts and sorceries early on. So, I mean, hopefully by turn four, this is maybe just a four-cost card. Um.
2: Yeah, because I do have a lot of I have a lot of two cost instants in yeah, this deck, so yeah, I'm
1: brainstorm, hoping. Yeah, uh, High Tide, Opt, a lot of a lot of cheap instants and sorceries. So I definitely think you can get it up there. Um, which is, speaking of, we didn't talk about some of my favorite cards. High Tide is a fucking good card.
0: Yeah, one you like blue that?
1: for an instant. That what, yeah, until end of turn, whenever you tap an island, you get an additional blue. That's a really good card. Like that card a lot.
2: I was hoping the that'll kind of kind of help with some of these super expensive cards that it, I yeah, had definitely, in here. Definitely. <laughs> so I
1: think I did a it. play test where I I had one of the I think it was Consecrated sphinx in hand, and I got it out like on turn four, and like I was like, this is good. <laughs> so so yeah, but, so magic mirror. I definitely think it could be strong. It's just situational. I worry it's very situational because if you get it in your opening hand, it's kind of like it's a dead card for a while.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: But if you draw it after like turn four, I think it's a great card. So it's kind of it's it, it it I put it in my cuts, but I think it's in a similar boat with Morningkinen, where if like if it's a pet card for you, I would say keep it in the deck.
2: Okay yeah that one i'll have to think about that and that and more than kind and i'll have to think about um but yeah some of these some of these other cards definitely i I see your point some of these are, are not not really uh pulling their weight in the deck so if we want to fine-tune this as much as possible I, I agree with that yeah i like Yeah, those it.
1: are my cuts and additions um how are you feeling? How are you feeling about what I suggested? It's
2: okay. I'm I'm more impressed that I was able to uh, change your opinion on, on some of these. Where you're like, all right, it's on my cuts. But, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, and that does make sense. But I, I like it. It I don't think any of the cards you suggested make the deck worse, which obviously is the point of, of why we're doing this. But it definitely helps um, the deck do what it's trying to do, which is, you know, ramp up quickly, so that you can just just start pumping out these instants and drawing cards. You suggested that one card that lets me shuffle my graveyard back back in and uh, draw cards. That's fantastic because you know my graveyard's going to be filled with with all these instants and sorceries and th- that's going to be so good to be able to get all that back, you know, when you're counting when you're casting brainstorm or or chemist's insight, you know, these these uh, little spells just to draw some cards. And being able to then play him again, because uh, you know shuffle him back in, and I'm drawing so much that I'll definitely be good. So, I think the uh, I think that's very helpful. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad, yeah. Cody. I'm not mad at you. All right, I understand. That's all I care. I understand why you did what you did. I like to hear points Aren't on that.
1: <laughs> all right. So another thing we want to do every episode is take a look at EDA Trek, where we can look at the average deck and see how close the deck you built was to EDH trek because EDH trek is a great source to go to to look at cards that a lot of people were running um i definitely use it a lot for my decks mm-hmm. um i also use like scryfall and things like that just just find cards that i'm interested in um and so i went and compared these two decks because moxville has a great way of doing that and we need that laz, sponsorship, sponsorship. <laughs> uh laz Tell me a guess. How many cards do you think you have in common with the average deck?
2: Um, So I I don't think that I was able to get as many deep cuts, you know, some of these cards as I was hoping. So I'm going to say we're probably around, uh, I don't like even numbers here. I'm going to say 83. I think 83 cards are probably the same.
0: Okay, okay. Uh.
1: So... I stacked up your two decks side by side. You got 77 cards that are the same in between each deck. Wow. Um, Some notable ones. So there's a lot of ones I suggested, like Defile of Dreams, Midnight Clock, the Sky Diamond, the Seagate Restoration, um, things like that. A couple I wanted to point out to you that I think are pretty decent. Mm -hmm. We have Arcanus, the Omnipotent three colorless three blue for a legendary creature wizard you tap it to draw all three cards you can pay two and two blue to return arcanist the omnipotent to its owner's hand not bad not bad uh they got consider in here ponder pongify preordain rapid hybridization some cheap blue spells to get into your graveyard right yeah and single um,
2: target removal and stuff like that
1: yeah easy draw one cards, uh, Sapphire medallion. Um, how, how do you feel about the medallion cards? you like them? you think they're okay or what?
2: I, I like them. They're definitely very useful, very helpful. It's just so expensive. And I, I was trying to keep the cost of this deck down just cause as mm-hmm. I was building it more and more, I started liking it more and more. And I was like, it's like, oh, I don't want to build a $500 deck and then fall in love with it, you know, and then kind of be on the hook for that. So I kind of purposely left some cards out if the price point kind of just didn't really justify the means for me. I, I like the medallion cards. Sapphire medallion, though, what is that? It's probably like 30, 35 bucks or?
1: about, about like $27. Okay. So, yeah. And,
2: yeah, I was kind of trying to save some cost. I think this deck came in at what? Like 250 bucks, 260 bucks? I think it was... uh.
1: Well, 240. 240. Um, look at okay. that. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. very reasonable, but I definitely left some room for improvement because, man, I'll probably drop 300 bucks on a deck. But, <laughs> but, uh, no, Sapphire Medallion, I like It's just, it's expensive and I'd rather spend they that money. They either reprint those. I mean, they really do. Cards. I have one medallion card. I have Jet Medallion and it's in Japanese because <laughs> it's a little, a little secret there. It's, uh, mm. cards are a lot cheaper in other languages. So, <laughs> yeah. I you know something like that that's nice and simple. I I didn't mind doing. I know one of our friends got married. I bought him Great Henge in Korean, I think, and it's just like good luck, man. So
1: like, expensive card, yeah. <laughs> expensive. I, mean, I, I car- bought it, and yeah,
2: in English you bought it too, Mister Moneybags mm-hmm. over here. But uh, <laughs> you know, thank thank God, Spell Table can pick it up and translates everything to English, cause yeah, at least Jet Medallion's like eh, everything's one cheaper if it's black. It's like. Great henge, good luck. There's four paragraphs on that son of a bitch. But yeah, I maybe. I could have the I could have the sapphire medallion, but I probably won't just because I don't play a lot of blue decks and I uh I don't know expensive cards like that. I like if I can kind of swap them between decks as as needed.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. Got um, uh, one land I wanted to call to today own is myriad landscape, which. Because you're in mono mono color deck, I do think Myriad Landscape is a good card to add because it gets you two for the price of one for two mana. So okay, just
2: a hey, maybe I add that in instead of the uh, that uh, the cycling cards. I think I had what two or three cycling cards in there. So yeah, I
1: believe so. Yeah,
2: yeah, it might be so worth yeah. might be worth cutting one of those.
1: All right, so yeah, that's that's how we stack up.
2: That's how we stack seventy seven. All right, so pretty good yeah i'm surprised i was trying my hardest to not just you know make an edh rec deck you know just kind of all right top you know i need 15 creatures top 15 creatures need 20 i was trying my hardest not to do that and i was trying to kind of pick and choose and and really make it my own thing so i'm actually quite surprised that uh 77 cards the same leaves bad math 22 cards um yeah, you know, that Twin. I that I put in. Well, commander is the same, right? Is yeah. that kind like of commander? So uh,
1: I was going with the ninety nine, you know. Um, but
2: yeah. So, all right, I like it. Good job, Les. And uh, thank you. Hey, good job with you. I I really like some of these additions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, adjust. I'm trying to figure out what I should do with the Moxfield deck list here. If I should kind of keep the uh the before and, and the after, kind of leave them both yeah, up we can there.
1: Definitely... For the listeners, we'll have a before the episode and after episode. Um, there's a way to copy the deck, Lazada. We can do okay, um, so it makes it easier than retyping everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, and
2: do that, and then plus, you know, you can if you're on the fence about this commander too, or it sounds interesting, and you know, you want to see how it playtested before and how it playtests afterwards. Then, yeah, we'll we'll leave them both up there. But yeah, yeah I'll, I'll make some of these changes, and we'll uh probably discuss that i'm probably i'm probably gonna you know build it. but <laughs>
1: well hey I gotta answer the question i know i gotta answer
2: the question i kind of jumped the gun
1: should we brew it or say screw it
2: i think i'm gonna brew it this deck just seems like, a lot, it. It seems like a lot of fun it seems like a lot of fun it
1: it's like it's fun
2: and you know even kind of i was trying so hard like i said to not tinker with it throughout the week and the way my personality is if i'm not tinkering with something that means i can't look at it <laughs> 'Cause as I look at it, I'm gonna touch it. So yeah. kind of uh going through a lot of the cards now and and you know, kind of reading it and then getting some of your suggestions, it's like this is this could actually work. This could actually be a, a viable deck, you know, hopefully not just in our pod, but for other people that are yeah. kind of thinking about leaning this way too.
1: Yeah, I I play tested it about five times on Moxfield uh just goldfish and some hands and mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed it i felt like every turn i was doing something i was drawing card and like i like drawing cards i don't feel like my decks do it very well exactly and so this deck is all about it so i'm like damn this is fun
2: so well, a lot of fun that was some do. of the inspiration because uh, who doesn't love drawing cards but man it's hard it's hard to draw cards you know unless you you build specific commanders or you have a specific play type that you're trying to stick to it's a uh, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of decks, and that's why I was like, yeah. "I wonder what it's like to draw a lot of cards and to have no hand size." Yeah, and, uh, I mean, hey, I think this deck does it very well. I think it does it very well too. So I definitely think this is a this is a brew it.
1: All right, well, listeners, you're gonna have to weigh in. Hit us up on Twitter at Brew it or Screw it. You can comment on the podcast on Spotify and things like that. Let us know. Do you think we should brew it or say screw it? Or do, will you brew it or will you say screw it? Uh, let us know
2: or did we miss anything are there suggestions that you have or you know even if you look on Moxfield and look at the deck list and you're like this there's some real questionable choices in here you know I would cut this cut this by all means let us know on you know iTunes comments or uh, even on the Moxfield comments I think you can comment on the bottom of the decks and say you know you need to you need to get rid of this and this or you know bring more than kind and back because that's a good card maybe we'll get some of those comments going but uh, by all means, please, please, you know, chime in because Cody and I, we're not master deck builders. We're not, you know, the be all end all knowledge of magic. We're not. We're just two people who love playing it and have an unhealthy uh, obsession with researching decks, playstyles, yes. cards and interactions. <laughs> so this is kind of our best uh, our best shot at it. So please feel free to comment if you. Think you got something better, or even if you're just saying, you know what that that makes a lot of sense. I really like what you guys do with this, or whatever, whatever the case. Please let us know. Even negative comments are still comments, and yeah, and
0: yeah, hotline. let us know. Like I mean, whatever
1: you, whatever your feedback, we want to hear. So, so yeah. Also, as a ten out of ten name for this deck, I gotta say,
2: Hotline Swing in Drakes. I was cracking up. Some I had to. Tell someone about this. I'm trying to keep it a surprise for for you because you're gonna have to, you know, get the deck eventually. I didn't want to tell anyone, uh, our friends, because I need to somehow incentivize them to actually listen to this. Um, <laughs> so I had to tell my wife, but it's not the same when you have to explain why the joke's funny yeah. and then tell her the joke and then kind of like help explain it again. So, Hotline Swing, and Drakes. You know, it's like I was cracking up. So. That was so good. That's good. So, it's good. I'm glad you chuckled too when you you saw your, like A+ plus name. I was like, "Yes." All right. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for the I inspiration. A,
1: a, a good name for a deck just really it's uh, a it it you know, helps on the on it.
2: It helps. Yeah. I'm playing a uh I downloaded a a game actually. I'm sorry. I'm just completely changing topics here. But <laughs> I downloaded a game on PlayStation what was it? Darkest Dungeon, which People, people say, is incredibly hard, and you're gonna die, and your characters are gonna die constantly. And all the guides that you read, they're like, do not name your characters because then you get attached to them, and characters Mm. are supposed to be like disposable in this game. It's like once once you name something, you it's gonna be hard to to say screw it. But I'm hoping, uh, hoping eventually we get there. We'll have to, we'll have to. I don't know. Regardless of what you build next month, I'm just gonna say screw it tear (laughs) that okay yeah tear it apart
1: okay all right um all right well you know i think that does it for the show a couple housekeeping things um so if you're not tuned into twitter we announced that podcast will release the first monday of every month um so this should be releasing on march 6th uh we are doing monthly so the next episode will be in april Uh, definitely get your feedback in how we can improve the show things like that um our Twitter is at Baruta Screw It. Uh, I am at Cody CodyRedMoon on there. Laz, you have to fix your Twitter because you have like 9 million numbers in yours. I cannot change
2: it. I have no idea. <laughs> I like tried five times and it's like you wanted this like 15-digit code at the end yeah, of it, right? right? It's like, no, I don't. So I will change um, it. Don't worry. It'll, it'll get right. fixed. Okay. But yeah, follow the Twitter. I, I like what you did uh, this past week where you kind of we're posting pictures from our the game that we're currently playing on spell table and man I think we're about to play in like fifteen minutes here so uh we'll probably do the same, you know, take some pictures or if something something spicy happens, you know, we'll uh we'll upload it up to Twitter. So I like that.
0: All right,
1: yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Laz. This was a lot of
2: fun. Cody, thank you. Uh thanks for the uh the input, the feedback, and uh, it was a good time. Thanks. All right.
1: And as always, should we brew it?
2: Or screw it. We're brewing it.